This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Lauren Jacobs and Voice of Change time here on Radio K Pulpit. Welcome to the show. I hope that you've had a wonderful day and I hope that you are ready for today's show because it is going to be some fire, some truth sharing and some real power and passion as we get into, you know what, the recent stats that have just been released about unemployment in South Africa. Now, these stats are quite sobering when we talk about unemployment and not just any kind of unemployment, but we really are touching on unemployment for women. But we're talking about today some initiatives that we can take to really, really, you know, drive hope, to drive change, and to equip ourselves as women of God. And you know what? I have a wonderful guest who is so well equipped to deal with this topic. And like I said, it's going to be a passion topic. And it's going to be, yes, we're going to be talking about these stats. Why these stats are at its worst as it's ever been in South Africa with the unemployment of women, but also what we as women can do to take initiative and to not only look at this mountain that we are seeing in front of us when it comes to unemployment, when it comes to skills, when it comes to opportunity. We're not just going to look at this mountain. We're going to talk today about how to go through this mountain, how to go around it or over it, but we're going to become resilient and we're going to do it together. And I'm joined by the awesome Dr. Pearl Coupe. Now, you know, Pearl, I think probably some of you know her, have maybe heard her speak. She is the president of an incredible organization who is doing incredible work, the Global Forum of Women Entrepreneurs. We're going to talk about that today as well. She's has spoken at many many global conferences on different topics and she's been a lecturer lecturing at different universities and institutes and she was also has served on a number of national regional and continental task force and advisory committees she also serves on a few international boards and she's the africa representative for ewa the east west africa forum she is an incredible woman and she is very very passionate about you know what kind of not only just getting women to think differently about being economically involved but she's also very passionate about women rising up into these areas and i love love her passion you're going to enjoy her today and we're going to really really get into what is the deal with this new stats unemployment of women what is there is there hope you know there always has to be hope what is the turnaround we're not going to just stare at these stats and say you know what women are facing unemployment and, and the numbers are big and the numbers are bad but we're going to say and ask the question and answer the question today of what can we do about it how can women rise up and so you know what i want you to stay with me we're going to have a great time on the show and we also know that we want to equip you so that you can go forward and that you can be empowered and that you can empower others so pulls with me after this i'm so so excited about today's show it is going to be an absolute blessing here on voice of change today because we're not only going to be talking about something that is so important and relevant but i truly believe we're talking about something that you know what is really really on god's heart at this time period 
for us in this generation. And I'm joined by the incredible Paul Coupe. And you know what, Paul, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know that we're going to be learning a lot and you're going to be sharing a lot with us. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lauren. And a big shout out to everybody in the Cape. And I think it's me to thank you, number one, for inviting me onto this platform um, to also share about an incredibly, incredibly important and relevant topic for this time that we're in concerning women and concerning unemployment. So thank you. Such a pleasure. And you know what? I was really so inspired because I think it was about a week or two ago, we were on a conference together and you were talking about, you know, women and what we need to be doing as well. And this is the reality, you know, right now, we know that the media is highlighting the reality that statistics are showing us something, you know, that is probably for some people is probably not very, you know, new. It's kind of like, oh, we see unemployment statistics and we know that this is a bit of the reality. But stats are now showing us that the South African labor market is leaning more favorably to men, which it's showing us. But it's also showing us that the rate of unemployment among women is insanely high, if I can use that word. It is it is so high. We're looking at stats and we're going, you know, things are getting worse and worse. What is driving this? What is the insight? What is the the kind of mindset that we should be having when we look at stats like this and say, unemployment among women, why? Why is this happening? Yeah. Well, um, Lauren, I think um, the stats are simply reflecting the situation that has always been there. It has always prevailed. It just so happens that in this time of COVID, COVID challenges and global lockdowns, that the stats for women on on the women's part are getting worse. But um, honestly speaking, these stats have always, it's always been a situation whereby there was more unemployment um, amongst women than there was um, amongst amongst men. I mean, if we look at the 2021 stats, for instance, the rate of unemployment amongst women was 36.8% in the second quarter of 2021. And this is in comparison to 32.4% amongst men. That's in terms of what they define officially to be employment. So you've got about a 5% disparity. Now, if we go deeper and interrogate those stats even more, you find that the unemployment rate amongst Black African women was 41% Mm. in this time and compared to 8.2% amongst white women, 22.4% amongst so-called Indian Asian women and 29.9% amongst colored women. I'm just using those categories because those were the categories that were defined for us, so I I hope it's not offending anybody out there. But what I want to say um, is that, you know, there's there's a reason why we had affirmative action policies, Lauren. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the affirmative action policies and the legislation, employment equity legislation, was put in in our nation, you know, pro post-1994. One of the reasons was to try and address or redress this, this inequality. And it wasn't just affirmative action uh, policies for people of color, but Mm. it was also for women. Because remember, the the second people who had been labeled as being disadvantaged were women. Mm. 
were women. So those policies were put in supposedly and purportedly to try and equal the, the, the playing you know, um, field, to yeah. equal the playing field. And clearly what we can see over the years, 27 years after independence, is that the situation, the playing field is not been leveled. And um, if anything, it's as bad, if not worse. Hmm. So that's what we need to um, interrogate and look at now to say, look, the government has, has put in law, has put in legislation, has put in um, policies to uh, allegedly, allegedly try hmm. and change the situation for women. And as I always say, any nation that wants to do well economically, politically, and socially must take care of the women because mm. the women are the nurturers. They are the primary caregivers. Uh, in many instances, they are the ones that are leading households, single women out there. So we cannot do well as a nation. It's not just about mm. empowering women. It's about empowering our whole nation. Because yeah. when women are empowered, women are able to take care of, 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 of a greater number of people. And, and mm. so that's why it's so important as a nation. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Well, that, that, is, that is incredible to me as well, because we have policies in place. And a lot of times people say, you know, when we talk about unemployment, they say, oh, we need policy development you know we need policy development on job creation so we need policy development on this but here we have policies that are already in yeah. place mm -hmm. but they're not working yeah they're not working and the thing about it lauren is that and you know i'm a lawyer and uh, this is not to denigrate law in any way but in as much as law is important and you know has a, an important place I think we must also understand that law is not the um, everything. It's not the one-stop shop engine, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it is supposed to work hand in hand with other initiatives. I mean, if law was the answer, then we wouldn't have a problem with, with GBV right now because there yeah. is legislation on mm -hmm. law right there. So mm -hmm. clearly it's not just making of law, but also we have to look at how is that law implemented and we have to look at other things. But, you know, one thing I, I, I do want to say right now, Lauren, I think we were actually mm. discussing it a little bit earlier on before the program, mm. is to say, number one, when, you know, something is not working for you, you can't always rely on external people to go to bat for you. Mm. Um, one has to look internally to see, to say, what do I have within my means to try and change my situation. And this is the message I want to send out to women to say, listen, we've cried, we've complained. There's been legislation out there to try and, and so-called empower us. We have seen SADC protocols on gender, you know, mm -hmm. for, for more, for 30 years, our nations have been signing SADC protocols on gender to empower women, uh, the yeah. protocol against violence, the protocol to empower women, but we've seen no change. They will say by 2010, this mm. must be 50% uh, participation of women in parliament. And then by 2010 comes, it hasn't happened. Then they move the goalpost and they say 2020. <laughs> and yeah. and that's, that's a cycle. So I'm mm. just saying to women out there, listen, the second King's Four woman, she had to check and see what was in her, her, her house. 
Mm-hmm. What did she have out there? And I'm saying to women, we have talents, we have gifts, we are yeah. multi-talented. And I'm encouraging us as women to say that. Um, I think on, on the show we were on last time, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned that you know, we have to take the perspective that if there's a mountain before us and that mountain will not move, don't just expect you know, that mountain to disappear on itself. We need to find a way of, 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 of circumventing or going around that mountain. So if we can't go over it, then we need to look at, can we go around it? Mm. If we can't go around it, then we need to drill a hole through it. Amen. And, and, and I, I'll give you an example of one of my good friends, Professor Hope in Zimbabwe, where there was an issue with women um, actually uh, getting access and getting slots in school and university, et cetera. So after so many complaints, you know what she did? She, she built a university for women. So it's the it's a university yes, yes. just for women. So women get access there. And that's what I'm yes. saying. We need to find solutions for ourselves. And one of the solutions, women, is that we must actually, um, you know, be people who can say we are natural entrepreneurs. So yes. if we're not getting jobs, then the answer is entrepreneurship. And we have been blessed naturally to be entrepreneurs, Lauren. Yeah. Blessed naturally. Now, I I think I also mentioned in our last conversation that the word oikoinomia, which is Greek for uh, the Greek word for economy, in in full, oikoinomia actually means management of household. Mm. So if women are in the economy, who better knows how to manage the household than women? We are mm. already in the economy. The only challenges were not formally recognized. So entrepreneurship, yeah. and I think that's maybe the focus that we need to actually maybe, you know, discuss in terms of what's the solution, because I don't know about you, Lauren, but I, I don't really like to stay very long on the problem or the challenge. I like to discuss solutions. Me too. You know, so what's the the way forward? Exactly. Exactly. I agree. I agree. I'm completely with you on that because I feel like sometimes it's like, you, you know, people stop at just the problem. It's like, oh, this is this, that. And, and I kind of feel sometimes it's because people feel disempowered. You know, there's yeah. no kind of thought, yeah. just like you're talking about, and I get excited. You're talking about seeing a mountain in front of you. I'm also, I'm that kind of person like, okay, yeah. we're either going to drill through it. We're going to go around it. We're going to go over it. We're going to yeah. catch a bird to get over it. Like we're yeah. going to do it. But a lot of times people feel so disempowered. It's almost like they take off their shoes in front of the mountain and then they sit down and they go, the mountain is stopping yeah. me from moving forward. You're stopping yourself from moving forward. The mountain exactly. is just there. Exactly. You know? exactly. I, love what you, I love what you shared about, um, you know, economy as well and, and management of the household. I was doing a teaching recently, you know, on Proverbs 31 from the ancient mm-hmm. Near Eastern customs yes. because that's Absolutely. my feel. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, before we had the Industrial Revolution, which we know happened like in the 1700s, everything, all economy, all management of what was happening was in the household. And who Absolutely. was responsible for that? The women. Yeah. You know, yeah. they were they were the ones that were making things and doing things. That's why yes. before we moved to the factories and the big places where yes. we now all look at, you know, that, yes. that only came in like, you know, 300 years yeah. ago. Before that, for thousands of years, it was everything was being done at the household. You know, that's where things were manufactured. That's where things were sold. Business was conducted. And women were there. Were there. They were the head of the household. They were managing it. 
Absolutely. Why can't we see that? And it's like, that's naturally what you're talking about, this natural gifting that we have. Yeah. But and we should the, be going forward. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, um, uh, Lauren, is that it looks like things have changed from the 17th century. But to mm. be honest with you, in some instances, they haven't really changed. Mm. Women are still managing the household. If you go yeah. to any market, for instance, in West Africa, um, mm. Ghana, Nigeria, etc., you will find that the markets are predominantly women who are in the markets who are selling. And even here in South Africa. Yeah. You go to our local markets. One of the challenges we have, Lauren, is that the work and the entrepreneurial activities that and initiatives that women are involved in are labeled informal sector, and they're mm-hmm. not even acknowledged as being entrepreneurial projects. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's one of the issues that I think we actually need to address is to look at yeah. all these women, these who are running these what we call in Tswana smausu, these little you know, mm-hmm. vegetable shops and market and stuff like that. That is actually an entrepreneurial project. So yeah. I think we need to redefine. Part of it means we need to redefine really entrepreneurship. And, mm-hmm. and when we do that, you see what will happen is that some of these women will have access to funding and finances and things that they've been shut out of because there's been no formal recognition of their mm-hmm. entrepreneurial activities. So that's number one, is that we need, to, we need to look at the informal sector. We need to look at women who are actually a force in the market with entrepreneurial activities, but the government and the state has not formally recognized their efforts and their entrepreneurial um, activities out there. The mm-hmm. other thing that we need to look at we need to look at some of the hindrances because we're, remember, we're talking about entrepreneurship. We're mm-hmm. talking about if women cannot access jobs or if the jobs are not accessible um, or, or not there, what is the mm-hmm. next plan? The plan is look at entrepreneurship. How can we encourage and provoke and promote women in the area of entrepreneurship where they make their own jobs, they create their own employment and even employment for others? So what are the hindrances now? The next step is to say, what is it actually that's hindering women to to entering into that entrepreneurial field? And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if we mention one or two of them, one of them is limited access to finance, financial services, business services. That is one of the hindrances. And you know what's interesting about this aspect, Lauren? Mm -hmm. I've been in many, many shows and discussions and conversations, even with the banking people and the banking sector. Guess what the banking people actually say? Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a, an officially recognized um, principle that the banking sector say that when it comes to loans, women are the ones who actually pay back the loans. Mm. <laughs> I've heard that several wow. times by okay. the banking sector officially that Women, they have records that show that when a woman takes a loan, they are the ones that pay back. And the ones actually, people who do not pay back the loans are actually men. So now, having said that, Lauren, it boggles the mind then that it is so difficult for women to access finance or to get a loan. There's so many legal impediments, so many financial impediments. Women are being asked, oh, no, you have to have a co-sign. Go bring your husband or mm-hmm. and if, if you're, you don't have a husband or you're divorced or, you know, some other issue that makes it difficult. Women then cannot access loans. Yet 
they're the ones who mm. are faithful to pay back the loans. Yes. So th- these are some of the things we need to talk about. And la- in our other conversation also, the one thing that I also mentioned was that one of the reasons why we don't go forward, um, Lauren, is because we try and get ahead as individuals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, even biblically, the victory comes when you, when you walk in unity. Mm-hmm. And so I think another thing, and I think this is why your discussion is so important. And I think we need to have it on a, on a, a national platform, yeah. you know, somehow. So we just need to pray that somehow yes. this discussion will come up where we can actually um, discuss and, and formulate a way forward with recommendations. Mm-hmm. But um we will never win the war when we're all individually trying to build our own little tower. Hmm. What wins the war is when you uh, mobilize and harness the power of unity. We are a force as I mean, in any nation, we constitute the majority percentage of people, Hmm. whatever nation we're always at least 51% or 52 or more. So we need to harness that power of unity to be able to negotiate, because if we go and negotiate with the banks on that understanding that we are we actually have a a a majority uh, number and we're able to negotiate them to say that, listen, we will pull our accounts from this if we do not this we would be so much further, mm. but yes. we don't have that capacity as women. And, and, you know, I, I shared our motto because we have a network called global forum of women entrepreneurs. Okay. And it's one of the, the, the answers, or let me not say answer sounds a little bit arrogant, but it's one of the initiatives that God told us to start as an answer to things like unemployment. So part of what we do is teach, train, and and try and equip women in the area of entrepreneurship, encourage them, also connect them to each other so that, you know, we do business with one another and we encourage business in a righteous way with integrity, with honesty, with transparency, Mm -hmm. no brown envelope under the table kind of stuff, Yes, all of that. But yeah, that, that, and and harnessing the power of togetherness, that's the only way we're going to win the war, that we can go Mm -hmm. together as a group of women to go negotiate with the banks, the financial sector, to go and talk to government. When we go as a unified force, then Mm -hmm. our voice is, is, is actually, um, it's, it's given stature. It's, it becomes credible. It's given volume. So that's one of the things we need to do. Uh, I love that. And it makes me think, it makes me think, you know, when we talk, you know, we celebrated Women's Day not so long ago, but we did it in, in remembrance and we do it every year in remembrance of what the woman did in 1956, when you had 20,000 women marching to the union buildings to say, listen, we are against this past laws that you're trying to pass on us. And it was because they were unified. And I, and, you know, I spoke to Sophia Debrain, who was the youngest leader and um, have spent time with her. And she said to me, she said something that really struck me. And this was like a few years ago. She said, we were a dignified army of women. We were dignified. We were not violent. We were not, you know, taking the law into our own hands. We were dignified. And we knew that if the police came at us, we decided that all of us would get down on our knees. And so if they were going to arrest one person, they were going to arrest all of us. us. And they couldn't arrest 20,000 of us, you know, because we were all going to be down on our knees, you know, and, and dignified 
unity togetherness exactly what you're talking about and that stirred up change and i think that it's 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 exactly what you're referring to this togetherness this unity and women as we also you know what we're going to go to a quick song break but we are really really excited to be sharing this conversation with you today i was also thinking about you know how women we don't champion one another enough. You know, that's always been a conversation that we've been having, you know, and this is stopping that togetherness. We are going to continue this conversation when we get back. We're going to go to a quick music break, but you, the listener, don't go anywhere because Pearl is still with me. So enjoy some music and we will see you when we get back. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs here on Voice of Change today on Radio K Pulpit. And it's so good to have you with me. And I truly believe that you're just sitting in your car right now as you're driving home, turning up the volume. You don't want to go into the house because Paul and I are having a conversation that we need to be having. And just like she said, just before we went to the song, we need to have this on a national, national platform. You know, Paul, you were speaking earlier just before we went to the song about this unity and this togetherness that we need to have. And I was also thinking, you know, there could be someone listening that's saying, okay, I I get this. I'm excited about going forward. I'm excited about, you know, networking and, and, you know, using what I have. But I know a lot of women who don't have the skills development or didn't get the education. They're not good at soft skills even, you know. Sometimes people say, you know, we don't have the skills or I wasn't so educated. How do I move forward? How do I get access to, you know, finances? Yes, sometimes I have an idea, but I'm not sure. So again, how do we speak to maybe, you know, the rural woman who feels she hasn't had this development or doesn't have these opportunities? Is there a way forward for women who are sitting in positions like that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, I mentioned our network as one of the initiatives and there are other initiatives. I don't want to go out there and claim we're the only one. But part of what we try and do is to teach and train women in terms of, you know, um, writing business plans, for instance, how to write a business plan, um, how to budget, things like that, basic things like that, IT, how to work a computer, things like that, how to start a business. So, and and you can contact us, you can check us out on our website, www.gfwe.co.za. So you can go out there and look and see some of the things that we're doing. We also have a number of, of project initiatives that we do because we believe it's not just about getting money for yourself and your household but about making a Mm. difference and bringing transformation in the community. So we are one of of a few initiatives out there, Um, but there are a number, even the training um, authorities, you know, like the CETAs, et cetera, it's not always easy to access the the training initiatives that fall under them, but it's worthwhile looking at um, going to see what may be available in the area that you want your skills improved. So that is another Mm -hmm. option. Um, But definitely look for a lot of the NGOs and some of the ministries are training people and trying to see how how women can can actually be more empowered in the area of entrepreneurship. But the aspect of unity is very important because then Mm -hmm. we can formulate a comprehensive plan of action, a comprehensive strategy where we know who's doing what, that we would have a list, for instance, of all the ministries, all the NGOs that are doing training. And we have one portal where people can go to and say, I'm interested in this, I'm interested. And we have all the contact details. And from that, 
we can actually mm-hmm. begin to channel women to say this area, this organization can help you this, this, this organ. And that's the reason why it's important for us to be unified. And, and in our network, we have a motto we use, which says we complete, we do not compete. Mm. And, and that needs to be the way forward. Unfortunately, yeah. some of the women's networks and initiatives out there, if we have a spirit of saying, um, I have to put myself first, uh, I have to be out there yeah. and I have yeah. to be known and wanting to sabotage all the other initiatives will never win the war that way. We'll mm. only win if we know that this is a huge cake. It cannot be eaten by one person. We must all take a slice of it all do what we can. And when we bring all our resources together, remember in the, in the scripture, it says that they brought all their resource together, laid it at the apostles feet. And, and what was the outcome of that? It says there was enough for everybody equal distribution. Nobody went hungry. And unfortunately you have people just keeping the little resources, clutching it to themselves that, Oh no, no, no. I don't want somebody to get this resource. They might, you know, I might go hungry. You're not going to go hungry. You're not Mm going to go hungry. Everybody's going to eat. And that is the basis of what we call Ubuntu in South Africa. Ubuntu means nobody goes hungry. Because, you know, we are all in this together. Ubuntu means respecting one another, honoring one another, taking care of one another. Ubuntu is the opposite of individualism and selfishness, which Mm -hmm. a lot of that comes from the world. But Africa is rooted in Ubuntu, which means if, if, if we eat, we all have to eat. Mm. All of us have to eat together. We eat from one, one pot and nobody out eats the other. We all mm. respect. You take a bite. You take a bite. I take yeah. a bite. And everybody is ministered to. There's enough. There are enough resources here yeah. in South yeah. Africa, beloved. There's enough mm. for us all women. We, not one organization has to get the glory. It's not about us getting the yeah. glory and the attention or the votes or whatever it is that we're looking mm. for. It's about us making sure that the women are empowered and because women are empowered, families are empowered and because families are empowered, society is empowered and because societies are empowered, the nation of South Africa is empowered. Simunye, oh, we are one. Amen. Yes. Amen. You know what? You know, I was thinking now when we were talking as well, you know, you mentioned West Africa earlier on and Ghana is one of my favorite places. And we were in Ghana and we were out there on a, on a ministry trip. And I said to some of the people we were saying with like, I want to go for a walk through this village. You know, we were like eight hours out of the capital in this village. And yeah. uh, they were like, okay, you know, this is going to be, I don't know how this is going to be walking around with this white woman in this village, but okay, let's just do it. And we went for this walk and it was so interesting because I would see all these kids run up to you and everything, but I was walking this small lane and there was this house next to the lane and there was a window there. It didn't even have a window frame in it, you know, it was just open and I'm walking and the next minute there's this, this woman just pops up at this window and she's got a sewing machine and she's like, hello, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, hi, she's like, I, I make clothes, you know, <laughs> I was like, yes, I would love to buy something, you know, that is entrepreneurship. I mean, she sees me walking through this little lane. She does. It's her house where she's living. She just pops up. She's got a sewing machine in her hand. She's like, I make clothes, you know, (laughs) clearly she can see I'm a tourist. I need something from Ghana, you know, to take home with me. And I think it is that beautiful initiative. And here is exactly what we're talking about. It's like 
she is living in a rural village, you know, probably the, maybe could even be a, a single mom, you know, heading up a home, but she's not letting anything stop her. You know, she saw me, she saw the opportunity. She was like, hey, I make clothes, you know. And I think that we have to also take initiative. We can't, just like we said earlier on, we can't just sit around and go, okay, policy development needs to happen or we need yeah. to, yes these things are good as well you know yeah, we do absolutely. need policy but we have to take initiative so yes you know we're almost at the end of the show and I can't believe it but I want to <laughs> ask you Paul like where to from here you know is there hope you know what can women do what's the next step what's the first steps is it just about you know, I want us to take that initiative. I want women to believe in themselves as well. You know, not always be thinking, oh, someone else has to do it for me or, you know, something else has to happen. Where to from here? We've seen the stats, we're looking at it. And yes, you know, the media are making it a bit negative, but where's, where do we go from here? Is there hope for us right now? Absolutely. And there's plenty of hope. And, you know, like we've already discussed and talked about, um, part of the aspect of hope is looking internally, is looking internally. It starts with what do I have? What gift do I have? Because it's that gift that is going to be now turned into you take that gift and you you process that gift, you develop that gift. And that's the gift that's going to bring in um, finances. Again, if we go to the second Kings Four women, you know, the mm. question that was asked of her is, what do you have? What do you yeah. have? So she had to initially, you know, what was interesting, Lauren, she said, I have nothing. Mm. That was her first response. And that's the challenge that we have with many women right now. Oh. They are so gifted. They have so much. They have the answer, the oil, the little mm. oil that she looked down on and despised and oh. thought it was nothing actually was enough to wipe out all her debts and give her surplus. Wow. I want to say to all of you women out there, there may be something that you had that you're not recognized. You've not, you've undervalued and undermined it. And yet it is the answer to your debt issues, your debt crisis. So part of what we need to do and what we'd love to do and what we're trying to do in global form women entrepreneurs is get you to understand the gift that you can now convert into, um, you know, being the solution to your debt crisis, because everybody has oil, everybody has yeah. a little oil. So before you go out to borrow the vessels, and borrowing of vessels, perhaps is before you go out to get the loans, before mm. you go out to, you know, um, look for help outside, the order was start with what you have that little gift, Mm. that little gift and develop multiple streams. I had a, and maybe I'll close with this. I had a housekeeper of mine, you know, who used to work for me, uh, no longer with me, but I remember saying to her, you cannot come into my household and, 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 and not get something. The day you leave, you must've gotten something. And so I began to encourage her to develop her gifts and talents. When she came in, she couldn't cook between my mother and I, we taught her how to cook the most delectable dishes delectable mm. dishes. So she learned how to cook. Then I taught her about multiple streams. You can't just rely on your salary. I told her you need to have mm. extra income. So we looked at what she could do. She started selling airtime and she was able mm. to take airtime and she would sell airtime, you know, to the, the, the other neighbors, um, helpers as well. And then I said to her, keep going, keep going. And then she started selling bags. So she would buy bags from a factory. And so she was already on three multiple streams of income. 
when the time came that um, you know she left my, my employment, she and I w- went different ways. She had th- she didn't go hungry because she was unemployed. She had mm. three streams. I mean, I would come and bring her in uh, for part time jobs, and then I would ask her and I say, "What? How are you living? What's happening?" She said, "Oh, I'm doing catering because she was taught uh-huh. how to cook." So she was mm-hmm. using that skill. I'm doing catering. I'm cooking for this, etc. I'm still selling bags and I'm still selling airtime. She had become an entrepreneur, you know, mm-hmm. not a huge entrepreneur, but a, at least a small scale one and was able to provide for herself and her daughter and her aging mother. So mm-hmm. that's all I'm saying is let's look internally, see what we have and look mm-hmm. for destiny helpers, people who can help you develop those skills and convert those skills into something tangible, which can be converted uh, to ease your debt or ease uh, whatever it is. It can be converted into cash flow, into mm. money that can be utilized to uh, help you and your family. <laughs> mm. oh, amen. Paul, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think just before we went, just before we started today, I was also saying that I have friends, you know, young friends that are got three streams of income in their twenties already, you know, and I was saying I work here and that's my main, you know, salary, but I I have a cooking business. I do art workshops. I teach people because I have this gift. I'm not even, I haven't gone to school for this gift. I haven't gone to university for this gift, but God has given me this gift. I'm not teaching other people, you know, and this is beautiful. This is beautiful. And I think this is what we can leave with our, with our listeners today to encourage them to say, you know what, use what's in your hand, use what's in your house, use what's in your heart, use what's in your spirit, use what God has given you, because yeah. that is powerful. And Paul, I want to say thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm going to give that website out again at the end of the show later on. And I want to say thank you. And I want to encourage the women who are listening to us to really, really take some time, pray, ask God, what is, what is it that I have? What is it that you want me to do right now? And you know what? Also, like I said, we'll give you the website in a few minutes and go on over, join even the network and pull those resources and join together. Paul, thank you. You are such a blessing. I really honor you and really thank you so much for what you are doing, you know, for women, for the kingdom of God, for everything that you are involved with. You are really a blessing and I'm so grateful. Thank you for being with me today. Oh, thank you, Lauren. And the Lord continue just to increase you. The media is such an important platform um, in this season. And I'm thankful that you are one of the responsible medias that is making sure that truth and facts are being released and not sending out fake news. So Mm -hmm. I'm praying for you. And I think, you know, um, I want to leave a challenge with you as well. With this burden that you have, there's a a challenge of going forward and mobilizing women to look for Mm -hmm. more solutions at a national level and come together. So I'm going to leave that as a prayer Mm -hmm. point and a challenge with you. And let's trust God to see how he will allow us to take it further for his Amen. glory and for Amen. And I've written it down as you've given it to me. I've written it down so now it's on fire. Now God yes. has got it here. Now it's on. Yep. It's on. Thank you so much, Paul, and take care. Oh, thank you. Blessings and take care to you too. The conversation is incredible today. I'm super excited. I am excited to be doing so much more and to be equipping other people. You know, as I get up out of this chair, voice of change, I am super excited because you know what? It's women, it's us together that needs to drive this change. I'm not comfortable with looking at these stats and seeing it and going, you know what? 
so many women are unemployed. I'm not comfortable with that. So let us get together, like Paul said to us. Let us come together. Let us, you know, network, pull our resources, use one another's talents in the best of ways. And let us join together. Let us come together as a mighty force of dignified women to really, really drive change. And I want to encourage you today, something that's really strongly on my heart is that we as women you know often because of things that we have been taught or how we grew up or how we were raised the cultures in which we were raised the way in which we were socialized the societies we have found ourselves in we often start to believe that we are lesser we start to believe that you know what's lot we we're not called for that or we can't really earn or we can't really do this and we need to begin to undo this cultural Things that we have been taught that are rooted in lies. God has called us to be powerful. He's called us to be empowered. He's called us to equip others. He's called us to do mighty and great and awesome things. And I want to encourage you today. You know, maybe it's your mindset that holds you back. And that's the root that needs to be dealt with. Your mindset of, you know, if you see yourself as a provider. If you see yourself as, you know, worthy. Sometimes, even for many of us, for many, many women that I meet, they are actually enduring financial abuse. Financial abuse where someone in their family, even their partner, their husband, says to them, you can't be earning more than me. Or you know what? You need to give up your job because I'm not working. I need to be the provider. And that is not true. All of these things are rooted in lies, are rooted in that pain of making you less than what you really are. And in order for us to come together and pull our resources and be the woman that God created us to be powerfully in our nation, in our societies, in our communities, in our families, we also need to undo the the lies that have taken root inside of our minds and sometimes they have come from our families they have come from our generations and you know what to uncover that anybody that says to you you have to be less that is not the truth of God anyone that says to you you can't do what God has called you to do that's not God's voice so know it discern it know that you know God is calling us and we as women have to rise up we can change these statistics we can become part of the solution and I believe many of you are already doing that and so to remind you if you want to go on over to that website global forum of women entrepreneurs it's gfwe and there's many ways to get involved what i like is really that networking aspect and also women knowing you know oh that woman's doing that and this woman's doing that i can you know connect with her for my next project or she can cater for my next you know business deal i think that this is a great idea just do it in your own networks as well do it in your own circle if you're hosting something and and someone in your circle a woman in your circle is good at catering get her on board you know that is how we're going to also change right where we are use what we have and so it's going to be exciting let us go forward with power and with God's leading it's been so great to be with you on Voice of Change Day I cannot wait to be with you next week when we talk about women and homelessness during COVID-19 this is going to be an exciting one so see you for that next week this insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.